Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Church, this is uh, our Sunday morning session here on the long weekend. Glad that you can join us. Uh, we're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 10 in a few moments. But I'm not sure if you've had stretches uh, in your career, your, your life, where you know things are like super, super crazy busy. It's like, it's like you don't know what to do. You barely catch enough time to sleep, barely have enough time to eat. You know, you're go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, things kind of hit a bit of a lull. And so, you know, you're able to catch up on some sleep or, you know, catch up on yard work that you've been, like, intentionally procrastinating on doing. I'm kind of there. You know, I don't want to cut my grass, but I know I have to cut my grass. And all, I, I see some people laughing because they did that this weekend, didn't you? Right, yeah, you did it, didn't you, man? <laughs> and so I did too. But anyway, so, you know, but you have lulls. And, and in those those moments you do a little bit of catch up and and I've had a couple of those weeks where um, you know uh, for the next couple of weeks for example I, I'm not speaking because we have Scott and Melissa here next weekend and then of course the weekend after that Cora and I uh, head out on the uh, Sunday morning and we're going to be gone for a week uh, just to take off just the two of us on holidays and, uh, and 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 how many with young kids can't wait for that day where you can just take off come on now that's it man let's pray into that right now you know right you know um, but, uh, uh, but we're finally at that point and, um, because it's been a long, busy season. And so Pastor Jonathan is going to be speaking that weekend. And then the weekend after, uh, is, uh, Pastor Clark Canning, who is my, uh, my old youth pastor, uh, who poured into my life and, uh, and invested in, in my life, both in, uh, as a student, but also as a young adult in the calling. And Clark actually was my associate pastor in Simcoe. And so he will be here that weekend sharing uh, the word. You're going to love it. Uh, you're going to love Clark and Karen, and, uh, and, and they're just going to feel at home, I'm, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, but because of that, I've got some time. And so I, I find myself catching up on some stuff, some stuff that administratively or finding myself taking times to, you know, start to do a little bit of reading and, uh, and delve into some stuff that I feel like God is speaking into my heart as far as vision or even sermon series. Or, but now I've got the time to, you know, think through those things. And, and, and you know, the, the, the thing is, is that um, in that process, I found myself sitting in my office many, many times and I feel this longing to just sit in the presence of God and listen. Because I'm feeling now that now all the chaos is kind of done and now I'm focusing in on what's next, all of a sudden I feel the bit of the, the weight or the burden of what's next because I know that next steps are so important in the life of a church and you want to take the right next steps. And so I want to make sure that I'm walking in the, the center of God's will. How many like walking in the center of God's will, right? I mean, it may not be easy at times, but at least you know when you're walking in the center of God's will, you're exactly where God wants you. And that means where God wants you, you know, God's going to provide and God's going to give you instruction and he's going to give you the wisdom. And, and it all works according to his plan. While it blesses you, it's still working according to his overall big picture plan for the kingdom, which has really been our heart this year, that we want to seek first the kingdom of God. And so I find myself starting to have this hunger where I want to, I just want to sit 
And I just want to listen because what I'm going to show you today is that listening or learning to listen and hearing the voice of God is absolutely 100% critical to the life of, of the body of Christ, both as individuals and your journey as a, whether it be the journey of faith or your career or how you raise your children, your relationship with your spouse, uh, your relationship with your family, whatever it might be. But as a church as well, we've got big picture questions that we have looming over our heads. God, what do we do with, you know, the property? Where do we go from here? We've got the mortgage paid off. What's the next step? And, and you know, what about staffing? And, and don't get me wrong, we're we're happy with the staff that we have. No one's going anywhere. Praise God, you know, so at least that's what I'm believing right now. So anyways, you know, but, but it's a good season. And so now all these other bigger questions start to come into play. And God, I want to hear that because I know that God has a plan. I know that God has a will. I know that God has a purpose. I know that God already has seen where he wants us to walk. And now I'm asking, Lord, would you reveal that to me by your spirit? That you would show me, according to Scripture, for, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, talks about this, that the Holy Spirit hears the deep thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit relays the deep thoughts of God to you and I. That's where the wisdom of God comes from. That's the wisdom that many people marveled when they saw the apostles, who were these uh, you know, ordinary, untrained individuals, and now they are doing great and mighty things for God right off the bat. And, and this is crazy, and they don't understand it. And, you know, and, and Paul explains it and says, listen, the wisdom that we speak is not wisdom that's been taught by man. This is wisdom that can only come from God. That's where, that's where that is. And so today I want to talk about you know, how critical hearing the voice of God, because I promise you that when we learn to hear the voice of God, we will begin to walk in the uncommon. We will begin to walk in to the unknown with confidence because we know we've heard from God. We will see life-changing moments happen within our lives and also through our lives. But we've got to learn how to listen. You know, it reminds me of a story that I heard uh, years and years and years ago, and in fact, so far back, it goes back to when the telegraph was popular, right? Uh, this, not my day, I, I promise you it was not in my day. I might look like it was from my day, but it's not my day. And I'm not going to make a joke if you worked as a telegrapher. I'm not going to throw that joke out there, but if you did, wow. So anyways, um, but you know, the telegraph, and, and this guy was looking for a job, and he knew Morse code. And so the story goes that he, he applied for a job at a, at a you know, telegraph, and, and so he goes into this office, and, and inside this waiting room is a bunch of people, and they're all applying, and, and in the background there's a lot of chaos, a lot of busyness, uh, you know, just a lot of noise, and you can hear the, you know, the telegraphs going off in the background, you know, you know, that kind of a thing, and so he's hearing all of that. And so as he's sitting down, there's a little, he notices a little sign that's sitting at the desk and it says, take one of these applications and, and, and wait to be summoned into the office. So he grabbed the application, sat down and started filling it out like anybody else. And then all of a sudden, as he's filling it out, he began to hear Morse code in the background through one of the telegraphs. And, and so he immediately got up with his application and walked through the door. Well, everybody sitting in the room was, 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 was marveling at the fact that he walked. They didn't see anybody come out and ask anybody to come in. And he was the last one to show up. And so they were a little offended. And yet at the same time, they're like, this guy's going to lose this job for sure. Like he's not listening to, the, he's not listening to what you know, the sign said. Fill out the application and wait to be summoned. 
few minutes later, he emerges from the office with this manager, and the manager says to everybody, uh, folks, can you go ahead and just put your pencils down or your pens down? Um, we're, we're not going to need anybody. We've already filled the position with this young man, so thank you for coming, and have a great day. And everyone was just irate. I can't believe this. Like, you know, uh, how, like he was the last one to show up, and uh, nobody else invited us to come in. In fact, we never heard anybody, you know, uh, come outside and tell us to come inside and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he said, actually, um, there was. And he said, and this gentleman was able to hear through all of the chaos the Morse code that was going on in the background, which was one of the skill sets that we were looking for. And if you had heard the message, the message would have told you from the very beginning, if you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. I can't begin to explain to you how important it is because in this man's life, that one moment and that ability to distinguish that and to hear that changed his life forever. It's the same thing when you walk the journey of faith. That when you and I can learn to distinguish the voice of God in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all of the, the, the pressures that we feel in life, the burdens that we feel, the brokenness that we might feel, even the, the, the silence of things going really well and we think everything's smooth and all that's good and then all of a sudden, you know, God's speaking to us but we sometimes, you know, disconnect from that because you know, we, 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 everything's good, God, so you don't need to speak when everything is good, and that's so wrong. God speaks always, and I'll get to that in a second, but, but sometimes we disconnect or we just assume that God's not going to speak unless I'm going through something rough or something difficult, and usually that's the moment where we try to hear, but sometimes we don't necessarily hear him. But I want you to know today that Jesus wants you to learn to distinguish his voice. In the midst of your day and your career and how you live your life, how you raise your children, how you serve him, you know, how you uh, do your job or how you run your business, you know, how you, how you pour into your marriage, how you pour into your student, what you do in the way of serving, in the way of ministry for the kingdom of God locally, what God might challenge you to give in the way of finances or resources and time to whatever is around you, I, I, no matter what the circumstance is, I believe that Jesus wants you and I to learn to hear his voice. And it's life-changing and transforming. And, it, and, and when God wants to get a hold of you, man, I'll tell you, God does what it takes to get a hold of you. Samuel the prophet understood this probably better than anybody. The backstory of Samuel was, if you remember, Samuel was uh, the, the son of Hannah. And, and Hannah, at the beginning of 1 Samuel, was this woman who was barren, and she cried out, and she asked God to give her a son. Give me, give me this child, God. And she begged and begged and begged, and God honored her and gave her a son. But while she was asking the Lord to give her this boy, she made this commitment to the Lord. She said, Lord, if you give me this child, I will give the son back to you in service and in ministry. And so we pick up here in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 where now she's you know, gone through on her, on her promise and she has given her son to the, you know, the priesthood, which is Eli the priest. And just so you know, this is, a, this is actually a transition uh, moment in Scripture. Because Eli was known as this great priest. The problem is, is that Eli had one weakness and that was his family. 
and he had sons that, that were priests as well. And, and here they are to be models of what it means to serve God. And they're supposed to intercede on behalf of the people. But, but Eli's sons were known as super wicked men. And yet they held the title as priests. And everybody knew it. In fact, Eli knew it. But Eli chose not to deal with it. He ignored his responsibility as the chief priest to deal with his own children. And that was his soft spot. That was his weakness. And so this moment with Samuel, God uses this moment to transition from using Eli as the chief priest to shifting now to Samuel the prophet, who now becomes this great prophet. And if you, if you know the story of Samuel the prophet, he was significant in the journey of, of, the, of King Saul, the first king of Israel. He was also significant in the one that chose, you know, again, hearing the voice of God. And, and uh, that's an, another powerful moment where, you know, David, uh, he goes to the house of Jesse and, and they're, they're selecting the next next king after Saul and God had said it's in the house of Jesse it's in the line of Jesse and and Jesse brings out all of his sons except for David the youngest who's out in the field that's been a shepherd boy and you know and all this kind of stuff and and you know again another I'll tell you Samuel was constantly learning to hear the voice of God he went down the line and and all of a sudden, you know, he's like, God, he's got to be here. And the Lord's like, no, he's not here. And he's like, but look at all of these guys. God, there's got to be a king amongst us right here. And he's like, no, that's not it. So he says, Jesse, is there another one? He goes, yeah, there's my son David. He's on the field, but he's just a little boy. Like, he goes, well, bring him here. And, and, and Jesse comes and the Lord says, this is, or sorry, David comes and he says, this is, my, this is the one. This is the king. And, and even Samuel was blown out of the water. He's like, seriously? Jesus, or Lord, he doesn't look like a king. And that's when God spoke some powerful words where he says, listen, I don't look at what man looks at. I just look at the heart. I love that. But the moment that Samuel began his journey to hear or learn to the voice of God was here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. It says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. So he's being mentored at this point. Many believe that at about this point he was about uh, 12 years old. And in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Can you just highlight? There was a dry spell. I want you to highlight that because we're going to go back to that in a second. There was a dry spell. And part of the dry spell obviously had to do with Eli and his sons. And, and God really couldn't use that as a conduit to speak to his people. But at the same time the people had kind of pulled away from God. They really weren't interested in what God had to say in their daily lives. And so the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And then one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, so he was getting a little older, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel, this 12-year-old, was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. This, the ark of God, if you're not familiar with that, the ark of, of God was the, the representation of God's presence. So, so the way to say this is that while Eli was sitting in his usual place, that could preach, I could go on that one for a little while, Samuel was sitting in the presence of God. That little boy already recognized, man, if I'm going to crash somewhere, I'm going to crash in the presence of God. I want to sit where God is. I want to be close to God. And then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, and he said, here am I. And he ran to Eli, thinking that it was Eli, and he said, here am I, Eli. You called me. But Eli looked at him and said, I did not call you, so go back and, and lie down. So he went back, just like a good 12-year-old like listening to you. How many know your 12-year-olds listen to you? 
No, they don't. But anyways, you know, so, you know, if it's, I, I, in fact, when I'm reading the story, it reminds me of a lot of nights at our house when we all go to bed, and then all of a sudden you hear the door creak open, and it's, it's Abby. And, and Cora is one of those sleepers who's like, just get in the bed, who cares? I don't want to be awoke, because if she wakes up, she won't get back to sleep. I'm the opposite. This is my bed. Get out! This is my space. Go! You know, and I'll, like, I'll literally, so now Abby, what she does is she crawls underneath the floor and goes to her mom's side so that I don't see her. And then I won't hear her, and then she gets in the bed, and then at, like, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, and lean over, oh, there's a kid. Wow. Okay, so there we go. But anyways, that's what it reminds me of, right? So Eli says, go ahead. Go back. Go lie down. I didn't call you. So he goes, and he lies down. Then the Lord speaks to Samuel again, and he says, Samuel. And so Samuel does the exact same thing. He's like, you know, here am I. So he goes and he runs to Eli, thinking that it's Eli. And, and Eli's like, look, I didn't call you. Go back. Just go back. He does it a third time. And the third time, finally, Eli looks at him and recognizes that the voice that Samuel is hearing, that he's young. Remember, he's 12 years old. This is new to him. It might be new to you to hear the voice of God. But what I love about the story of of the prophet Samuel is that it's a beautiful story that shows us the process of what it took and that everybody starts in the same place. It's not like you are born with these, you know, these certain ears that you can hear. It's not like, you know, you look at, because sometimes we'll look at people that we think are more spiritual than we are. Oh, they, they must have just had those kinds of ears. Only they can hear from God. Right? But that's not true. You know the reason why God was speaking to Samuel is because God had a purpose for Samuel. You want to know the reason why God wants to speak to you? Because God has a purpose for you too. He has a purpose in your life. I'll keep saying it. He has a purpose in your daily life. There are things that God is calling you to. There are people that God wants you to meet. There are conversations that God wants you to have. There are things that God wants you to do. There are things that God's going to call you to that are that's absolutely crazy. But when you begin to distinguish in the midst of all the busyness of life, the voice of God, I'm telling you right now, what happens is there's a confidence that rises up inside of you even when God calls you to something that is so outside of the ordinary or just doesn't make sense on paper. And yet you just got this conviction. This is God. This is God, which we'll get to in a second. And so Eli recognizes in this moment that this is inexperience here. He has not yet been exposed. I mean, in fact, look at this verse here where it says, Now Samuel uh, did not yet know the Lord when the word of the Lord had not been yet revealed to him, meaning he's not quite acquainted yet. He's not understood the fullness. He hasn't been exposed to the fullness of God yet or the fullness of that direction. And so it's unfamiliar to him. And so Eli, the mentor, which I'll get to in a second, says, hey, listen, I know it's the voice of God. Doesn't say that to him. He just says, when you go back, I want you to say, here am I. Your servant is listening, Lord. And so Samuel goes back, and God speaks to him again. And Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. Can I ask you this question today? Are you listening? Am I listening? When I'm facing some of the greatest decisions of my life, am I listening? Am I carving out the time to get alone with God and to say, hey, God, what's your perspective 
on this. Do you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I know that there are certain questions that in the natural I want to avoid because I don't necessarily want to know what God thinks on the matter because I have a hunch, I have a hunch that I know what it is, but I don't necessarily like what the answer is going to be. Because maybe it's not so popular or maybe I don't really want to do that because, you know, it's scary or it's uh, different or I'm going to look weird or, you know, uh, I just, I, I don't necessarily want to wrestle with God on this particular matter. And yet, in the spirit, my, my spirit goes, why wouldn't you want to hear the voice of God? Don't you want to be where I want you to be? Don't you want to be doing what I've called you to do? Don't you realize that the most satisfying place, not the easiest place, not the most comfortable place, but the most satisfying spiritually in that relationship is to be in the presence of God and to be exactly where he wants you to be when it comes to his will. But in order to get there, we have to be open and we have to be intentionally carving out time to be alone with God and to be open to hear what he is saying. Because can I just say this to you? God still speaks. God still speaks. Sometimes we look at the Bible and we think that was for then, not for now. And the truth of the matter is, that is the complete opposite. In fact, if anything, you, you, you go back to this passage of Scripture where it says that the word of the Lord was rare. i got to be honest with you. The only reason why I think that the word of God was rare, based on what I've studied on this whole passage, is not because God didn't want to speak. It's because there were people that didn't want to hear. I think if people wanted to hear, God wants to speak because God has a pattern of speaking. He started that from Genesis chapter 1. He spoke creation into existence. You know, it goes on to so many other moments where he met people like Moses, you know, or, or look at the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, and here's this incredible opportunity. Look at the moment uh, uh, that, that Jesus had with all of his disciples, and, and, and as they were walking and journeying for three years, he's speaking into their lives, even after the death and resurrection you know, he's sitting with them before the, the, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. He, he takes all this time to teach and unravel things. He's speaking. He's a God that speaks. It, he doesn't want it to be rare. And nothing has changed at all except maybe us. Maybe, maybe sometimes we can be like, and, 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 and this is not to, to put any judgment on anybody. It's only a, a, a question that can be answered by you. In the midst of the chaos, are you carving out time just to say, hey, God, you know what? I need to make a decision here. Do, you know, do, do, I, do I take this job promotion? I know that sounds weird. Why wouldn't you take a job promotion? You Listen, I just have this rule of thumb. Anything major, Cor and I talk about it, and I bring it to God. Because sometimes things look great on paper, but in action, they're not always the way they should be. And the more you begin to hear the voice of God, which we'll get to in a second, the more you begin to distinguish, the easier it will be, not completely easy, because there's still always an element of faith, because there's always, listen, the way God works for me, I'm sure he works for you the same way, God will lead you to a certain place where your faith is stretched, and when he gets you there, guess what? He will take you to another spot that you've never been before, that he wants to stretch your faith that much further. And over the years, I've had 
students, young adults, I remember this one couple a few years ago. They were incredibly gifted people. Uh, he was out of work for a while. He was in the automotive industry. And so if you've ever been a part of the automotive industry, it's ups and downs like crazy. And so you really, if you're in the automotive industry, you've got to prepare for low moments. And so he was laid off, wasn't working, and they wanted to find something else. And she landed a really great job in her organization, but they had to move. And they were key young adult leaders in our ministry. And so, you know, they came to me and they're like, Pastor Craig, you know, we've got this great opportunity. Uh, you know, if we move out there, there'll be more job opportunities for him and all this kind of stuff. And, and of course, you know, I admittedly, I, I threw out the, I'm a biased person. Don't talk to me right now because I don't want you to go. You know, you're one of my key leaders. You're great friends. You know, all that kind of stuff. But even as I was saying that and being very transparent with them, I just said, you know, guys, can I ask you, have you asked God? Because, listen, you're gifted people, and, and if I'm working in the secular world and I'm hiring somebody, I'm looking for the gifted. I'm looking for the skilled. I don't, I don't care about your church background, your faith background, or any other background. Can you do the job and do it really well? And I said, you guys are the kind of people that just do things really well. But is God opening that door? Is God opening that door? And they thought, wow, yeah, you know, PC never thought about that, man. Because they said, listen, there are times, and it's not rare in Scripture, to see God call someone to do something that on paper doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? And yet God is weaving his will and his, and his big picture all together for his kingdom. And sometimes the steps and the things that God does in the way of shifting. I mean, look, we felt that way. I'm looking at Diane right now. Like, I was like, come on. Like, I even told her this past week, I, I, I love you, but I still feel like you're a traitor. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. No, it's good. But, you know, I said to Diane, because even when we talked about it, when she first told me about taking this opportunity, she said, Craig, when you came, can I share this? Is that okay? When you came, I felt like, all right, this is it. This, I'm going to finish my career here. I, I, I like working with Craig. I like the direction and vision. I want it, and, and it was only a couple months later where all of a sudden this door opens. And I said to her, I said, yeah, I mean, it sucks for sure. There's no doubt about that. But I said, Diane, can I just tell you? And I have no idea what God's leading and directing, and God blessed us with Heather, and she's doing a phenomenal job. And she's, she's, you know, uh, working out all of the, uh, you know, as far as the transition and shifting into a new model of doing ministry. And, and so she's carrying that. And, and we're still in lots of contact with Diane. Poor Diane probably gets like a bunch of emails every week from us because we've got stuff that we're trying to figure out and whatnot. And, but God blessed us with someone who is the right person for the right season because God shifted the right person for the right season in the district office. But on paper, it's like, what? Why? But now that she's in the role and I know who she's working with, the, the guys that she's working with, and I'm going, she is going to excel. And I've told that to so many people because a lot of people when it first happened, they're like, dude, man, I can't believe me. You lost your like, administrator. She's like the cornerstone, you know, outside of Jesus. You know, she's the cornerstone kind of thing, right? You know, I have to be careful about that. You know, Lord, you're the cornerstone. But, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like she's the hub. And and, and how are we going to survive without her? And, and the Lord's like, listen, I've got your back. 
And just like I've got the districts back and I need I need Diane in that role. And here we go. And I said, man, I'm going to tell you right now, she is going to kill it. Like she's going to do an amazing job. But it was hard to hear that voice. I know that. We, we talked about it a lot. But I'm so glad in, in, you know, I'm so glad that I can look back now and go, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it happened. But, but I'm glad for her because she's right where God wants her to be. And he speaks today. And he speaks through different avenues. I, I want to remind you of some of the avenues today. You know, um, he speaks through the word of God. This is his revelation. This is his, his guidelines. I know that the word doesn't necessarily speak to every single individual situation that we're facing, but there are some incredible, clear guidelines, boundaries, expectations. And, and I think the word of God should be something that we're using to lead and guide our lives every single day. He uses the prophetic word. You know, we've been talking about the, you know, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, often you guys have experienced it more than the 11 o'clock has experienced it because Alan's here at 9 o'clock. And so, you know, and Alan and Wendy get up here. Or Actually, we experienced it last week in the 11 as well. But Alan has stood here and said, you know, I just feel like God give me a vision or a word. And that's the prophetic gift being used. This is God speaking, the gifts of the Spirit, the, you know, the nature of God just wanting to communicate to his people. That's, that's the purpose of the prophetic word. If you ever hear a prophetic word that, that is harsh and, and is against the body of Christ, New Testament teaching says, no, 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 it's meant to encourage and uplift the body of Christ. But even last week, Hilda Balamie was here, and she was getting ready to pray, and she's like, listen, I've, I haven't, I've never done this here. She goes, but I just feel like God is telling me there's someone here, and you've got pain in around your eye, just around the side of your face, and I just feel like God wants to heal you. Well, a student had walked in before that service and had said to her mom, hey, I'm, I'm feeling some pain just in my, around my, my eye and down my face a little bit here. You know, mom, I'm not sure. I'm a little bit scared. And then Hilda speaks this word, and so... Mom looks at their daughter and says, do you want to go in and get prayer in the prayer room? And she's like, yeah. And so she goes in and she gets prayer. It's amazing what God does through his word. God speaks through visions and dreams. I can't tell you how many times God has given me a vision or God has given me a dream, um, you know, a word. And, 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 and I'll, I'm going to walk you through how God walks me through it in a second. But I've had visions and dreams and things that God has spoken to me that, that I can't shake. And I know the moment I can't shake it, so I'll just let you in. The moment I can't shake something for days, then I know God's trying to get my attention. And that's when I start to really hone in. Okay, God, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to do? Because, listen, i got to be honest with you. I don't know if you're like me and Ben, but I'm a pretty stubborn person. Like, God's got to really, like, grab me. Like, he's, you know, like, because... I'm so passionate about being exactly where God wants me to be. I won't make moves sometimes until I know this is what God wants us to do. There's the one that most of us know. It's that sense in our heart, that conviction. There's sometimes and there are still moments where, where God speaks through the, the audible voice. I've, ha I've, I've had that happen. It's rare, but it happens. But God still speaks. And when you and I learn to hear the voice of God, it needs to start by being open to hear the voice of God. And that means we have to intentionally step into it. Because a lot of us are like Eli. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. Do you want to come back? Because if I don't, I'll keep going. 
if you notice in this passage, Samuel's initial instinct. His initial instinct was, it was Eli. He just wrote it off. It had to be Eli. That just makes sense. Why would God speak to me? Maybe you're in this room and you feel that way. Like, why, why would God speak to me? I'm not some spiritual giant. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in a position of leadership. And, and really, that's, that's how God speaks. God speaks to those people first, right? You know, what you're doing is shifting that burden onto pastors and leaders. You know that, right? And that's okay, because that's kind of how we're wired and built anyway, so we're okay with that to some degree. But, but the challenge that I find over the years is challenging people that, that the very thing that God wants to do inside my life, though the, the purpose of God in my life might be unique, the development in the gifts of the Spirit or hearing the voice of God or speaking truth or understanding truth and, and walking in revelation has nothing to do with my role or very little, if any. It has to do with my pursuit. That's it. I have the same access that you have. I don't have a different, you know, access card that gets me to a different level of God that you can't have. Because I have a reverend in the front of my name. Most of you probably don't even know that. That's because I never sign it that way. Never. Because when I'm speeding, I don't want it to be on my, uh, <laughs> I don't want it to be on my license, Reverend Craig Love. I have a friend that does that, like, does that and they think it's going to let them off. I'm like, no, dude, it's worse. It's worse. Padre, you are going way too fast and you're a minister. You should know better, you know, kind of thing, right? And I have a different access card than you do. We all have the same one. When Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn, that signified the end of that, 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 that role of the priest where it was only the priest that could go into the Holy of Holies to hear the voice of God. That ended in that moment. Now you and I have access. The role of the priest and the pastor and all that stuff, yes, God gave those as gifts, but they function a different role, and they'll still give that word of God and you know the prophetic and all that kind of stuff, but the access is yours to have. But are you listening? Or are you discounting it like Samuel because of your inexperience? And Eli, the mentor. And I feel like I'm a little bit like Eli today where I'm saying, no, no, no. I want you to go back and I want you to listen because God's trying to speak to you. I'm confident in that. And if there was a word or a challenge for you today, is, is, is in your daily life, as you live life, would you take a moment and say, God, your servant is listening. What do you want to tell me today? What do you want to speak into my life? Or maybe you're walking down the street. Maybe you're sitting at a restaurant. God, is there someone that you want me to meet today? Is there someone that you want me to speak into their lives? Is there a word of encouragement that we can give? Because sometimes there are moments in front of you that are not obvious. Because if they were always obvious, then we wouldn't have to rely on faith. We wouldn't have to rely on, you know, stepping out and risking. We wouldn't have to rely on getting into the presence of God, learning to hear His voice, because it's always obvious. Sometimes it's in the subtle moments. It's those moments where it's like, yeah, I'm just doing this, and all of a sudden a God moment's happened, and you're like, I did not see that coming. It happens. So let me give you a couple of quick things really quickly. 
because it's about development. It's about development. So here's some questions I always ask myself. Does this sound like Jesus? Does this sound like something that Jesus would say? Now, the only way that I can know that is, does this reflect the pattern of Scripture? What God is speaking to me right now, does it reflect the pattern of Scripture, or does it conflict with Scripture? Listen, you and I might have a a stance on something. I'm going to speak to that for a second, because I often see that on Facebook. Facebook is really a political, uh, for the most part, a political, let's just throw it out there and whatever, and it's okay. Everybody can have their stance. But does my stance conflict with the Word of God? Because if it does, I've got some realigning to do. No apologies for that one, by the way. And I'm not targeting it towards anybody. I'm just throwing it out there. I wrote this down on Thursday night after I left because I didn't have it on Thursday night. I was like, I need some practical steps. Do I feel at peace? Even if it's scary, do I have this sense of peace in my heart? In fact, one of my typical things is when someone gives me a word, I, uh, I don't react right away. And I tell them that. I'm like, listen, don't freak out. I'm, 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 and I tuck it. I, it's like I, I see myself writing down the word on a piece of paper, and I, I tuck it, and I put it in my, my, my little back pocket so it can stay right there spiritually. And I'll chew on it for a while, and I'll pray about it. I'll journal it, and I will sit there and go, God, is this you? Is this you? Is this you? Is this you? And I'll wait on it until I have this real tug in my heart. Now, there have been moments where the tug is like, mm, right there, and I'm like, oh, that's God. And I'll be honest with you, um, you talk about confidence. When I do hear the voice of God, listen, good luck trying to change my mind. I can tell you right now. I'll just give you a heads up now. Once I know that it's God, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody does. I'm just like, nope, this is God. And I will keep pushing, pushing, and pushing until we get there because I'm convinced. But that's after that process. Here's another one. Go to someone who has experience hearing the voice of God. That's what Samuel did accidentally, but he still went to Eli. But when Eli realized it was the voice of God, Eli gave instruction. Man, go to someone that you know that has an experience in hearing the voice of God. Hey, I've been thinking about this. Would you pray with me? What do you think about this thought? Just use the mentors that God has placed around your life. There's some incredible mentors in this room that are hearing the voice of God. Now, if you want a sign of who you should be talking to, look for the people that walk in humility. That's my sign. People that are humble enough to know that, hey, I'm still human, so I could make a mistake. But here's what I think God is saying. If it's a prophetic word, I walk it out humbly. When God speaks to me, I, um, I'll often say to somebody, hey, you know, I think God's saying this to you. If this doesn't resonate inside your heart, because this is what I believe, that God, the reason why God's speaking to me is he's already tried speaking to you, but you haven't heard it yet. Or he's been sowing the seed, and I'm coming along, and I feel like it's usually a confirmation of what God's doing, right? So I say, hey, listen, I'm just going to share this. If it doesn't resonate, man, just ignore me. I literally, I say that, ignore me. But if it does resonate, hear what God is speaking. And then I test it. Does it resonate? I asked him a couple weeks later, how did that feel? You know, I had this old guy in my church. He looked like Santa Claus. It was awesome. And uh, most humble man on the planet. 
And, and, you know, he would often, in the middle of a service in Calvary and Simcoe, he would often just, you know, give these prophetic words, and they were powerful, and they were always bang on. But, you know, every single, either Sunday afternoon, right after the service, or sometime on Wednesday night during Bible study, he would come to me, and he'd say, Pastor Craig, was that word correct? I'm like, dude, you've been doing this for a long time, man. Like, it's usually bang on. Like, I've never had a moment where you haven't been bang on. He goes, I know, but I need to know. As my pastor, my covering, accountability here, was that the Lord? The humility just dripped off of him. Man, I want you to hear God because this moment shifted Samuel into the next thing that God had for him. And God used him mightily. And God continued to use him mightily because he heard from God. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.com.